All right, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. And I mean that today potentially more than any other because it is Lord of the Rings 3 here in the studio. I'm back, okay? Back in a big way, probably. I think I'm just back. But either way, dude, it's great to be back in Australia. I've been overseas in Central America for a month. I know what you're thinking. Bill, how the hell could you have been in Central America for the last month when for the last month while we've been here in Australia, we've been enjoying a beautiful episode of Get Around Me each and every Thursday? It's a fantastic question, guys. It's one of the better questions I've heard. And I'd like to shout out the beautiful holiday series that we had over the last four weeks. We had some fantastic guests. We had a Q&A episode, a lot of fun during the holiday series. I didn't even listen to it before I went because I didn't really have the time. So it was a real hot off the press moment for Get Around Me. We had some ups, we had some downs. Uh, Me and Freddie trashed Zach Crawley for like 20 minutes and then... I think the next day he got 189 off 180 balls. So that was unfortunate. Uh, dude, the Pat Toady episode, I listened I listened to it at some airport in like Costa Rica. I got to say, I don't want to put my hand up and sort of, you know, brag or anything. This isn't a podcast where we brag, but I, I would like to, to note that that was a particularly funny episode. I was, dude, I was reading Pat's threads back to him because he's like the king of threads and I was honestly crying. Like that guy, he uh, his brain doesn't work the way other people's brains work and it's a beautiful thing, okay? So, shout out to uh, everyone who came on the pod in the holiday series, Freddie, Rowan and Pat. Thanks to everyone who's sending their questions for the Q&A. Unreal, okay? You know how it is here at Get Around Me. I don't know if I dated Thursdays when I was like 22 for three months or something, but I don't miss them, dude, Okay. I don't miss Thursdays at all. Haven't missed one. Uh, Have I ever missed a Thursday in the history of this podcast? See, I'm going to say no because I haven't, but also I take a month off every year at Christmas. So do you know what I mean? Ups and downs, but I'm still claiming that I've never missed a Thursday. Either way, it's great to be back. I'm I'm pretty run down, to be honest, guys. I'm ill. Just a whole month of trying to keep up with Macca overseas i mean this guy they talk about like mythical fighters in the ufc you know like high altitude this or you know drunk this guy whatever mythical fighter unlocked maca overseas with google translate i've just never seen a bloke go to work uh with women who don't even speak his language before like this i mean there were times when i was genuinely blown away there was times when i was able to capitalize on some of his charisma parlay parlay that into some of my own interactions and yeah basically the guy is just an absolute animal overseas and my immune system is at an absolute minimum emergency systems only okay if my immune system was an iphone i could only call triple zero that's what i'm working with right now okay but i'm doing my best i'm run down and the thing was just an absolute washing machine last week because i went to LA for a couple of days. Maca went to Arizona at the end of our trip. And then I fucked it again with the edibles on the plane. Second year in a row, guys. My hand is up. Both of my hands are up. 
I blew my head off like you would not believe, dude. Holy shit. I was just, I almost was like trying to open the hatch in the plane just to get some fresh air. You know, I was just the highest man alive. I was watching Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and I had to turn it off because it was too stressful. I was like 40 minutes into Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which by the way, pretty aggressively inaccurate title because no one knows where to fucking find these things. And it's just, I just thought, honestly, the state I'm in after this edible, I can't do another two hours of this guy catching a beast and then losing it three more times only to catch it again. You know, I'm just literally like the highest I've ever been, arms crossed, just trying to climb out of the window of this plane. And you just see one of these beasts crawling out of this guy's suitcase again. I'm like, mate, can you keep an eye on these beasts? You know, I've never seen a guy more relaxed with a magical beast in his briefcase. If I have like my laptop in my backpack, I'm like kind of careful. This guy's got a freaking magical beast and he's just, he'll just put the briefcase down unlocked. You know what I mean? So it was way too stressful. I had to watch The Simpsons for like three hours before I blacked out. Totally blew it again with the edibles, okay? Second year in a row, just take a little bit and see how you go. And I'm I'm not even saying that to you. I'm saying that to myself because I don't learn lessons. Does anyone else just like like experience learning experiences and then just take nothing from them? Because that's how I feel sometimes. I have had all the life experience of what should be a pretty fully-fledged gentleman by this time. But I just don't take any of the lessons from it. So, tough either way. Had the holiday blues when I got back. Watched a few Disney rom-coms. I don't know if anyone does that after a holiday. Get a bit of... I watch Band Slam. I've been watching a bit of Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm, I'm, my dopamine's building back up, dude. I'm ready to go. Once my immune system kicks back in, I'm fired up, okay? Had my first gig back last night. Doing a bit of stand-up comedy. Just... A lot of get ready for a good solid 10 minutes on Central America and hostels in next year's show because we stayed in hostels every single night. And these places they're just like their own ecosystem. I mean, I don't want to get into it too much, but I'm absolutely fascinated by hostels, dude, because everyone is from all over the world, no one knows each other, but humans are just so tribal. We immediately file into like a social hierarchy. Like, as soon as you walk in, you know, they're the cool kids. This guy's wearing Katmandu shoes, absolute nerd. He's going on three hikes a day. And the social hierarchy immediately forms. And there were some hostels where me and Maka were the king. There were other hostels where no one knew our name. And I honestly love it all. I love it all. And then the other reason I'm so fucked right now is because I get back from this trip and I'm absolutely on death's door so ill and then uh, I had a wedding on the weekend as well so obviously got into my work there I honestly think like unless you have cancer or something you have to just absolutely rip and tear at a wedding like it's pretty much rude not to you can't just turn up to someone's wedding right if you turn up to someone's like 28th birthday at the pub and you say I'm not feeling that well I'm just gonna be on the waters that's fine if you turn up to literally the most special day of someone's life and say, oh, sorry, I've got a bit of a sniffle. It's like, you've got a bit of a sniffle. I'm literally marrying the love of my life, mate. Okay, have a fucking beer, you absolute nerd. 
So I absolutely sent myself into next week on Saturday night and it's absolutely delayed my recovery like you would not believe. But anyway, got a few things to bloody talk about here. What are they? Oh yeah, we got some yarns inbound and we got some heavy Matildas chat inbound. That was the other thing I wanted to say. I can only apologize to the listeners of this great podcast, the the absolute rat bags out there listening to Get Around Me. I appreciate you and I have to apologize. Can you believe I jetted off with two Ashes tests to go in the greatest cricket series of all time straight into the Matildas in a home World Cup? And I, I wasn't here for any of it. I didn't talk about any of it on the podcast. I, I apologize. I'm pretty much the Ashes slash Matildas guy and I missed it all. So revoke my citizenship. Uh, I, yeah, absolutely shattering. I missed the Matildas, which I will get into later. Obviously, I saw the games, but like I'm saying, I'm shattered I missed the cultural moment that was the Matildas in Australia. That's what I'm absolutely gutted about, dude. But anyway, we'll get into that later. What's on the agenda here? Uh, Okay. All right. So I'm just going to crack into some yarns from the trip. So I'm going to break it up into four segments like I did with America. So we got Mexico City this week. Next week, Porto Escondido. Then we got Guatemala. And then we got Costa Rica. Okay. Each of the four segments of yarns have their own charm. There's some yarns where you'll think, wow, Billy Darcy is one of the sickest blokes I've ever met in my life. And then there might be a couple of other yarns where you think, I don't like this guy. I don't like the way he operates. Uh, I just think he's probably one of, just does he ever think about what he's doing? Does he have thoughts? Is he? Does he have any self-awareness whatsoever? So it's not really up to me to sort of, you know what I mean, filter the yarns. I am merely a vessel for which they come through. So here we go. All right, yeah, so we went to Mexico City was the first destination of the trip. Everyone said Mexico City, get ready to get stabbed and robbed in that order. Some people said, if you're lucky, you might get robbed, then stabbed. I will say, guys, no issues in Mexico City, okay? And I'm kind of skipping ahead a bit here because we did have a couple of days in LA first. LA, dude. So basically, to get to Central America, you have to go through LA, which is fine with me because I'm an absolute whore for that town. I love LA. I love the weather. I love how attractive everyone is. I feel very much like I fit in. Uh, I love how everyone's like waiting to get discovered, drinking ice long blacks. That's pretty much all I do anyway. Everyone in LA is smoking weed, drinking ice long blacks, waiting to get discovered. And it's like, yeah, dude, this is my town. Okay. That's all I do. That's literally all I do. So, really like LA. We, bam, get to LA. It's just cranking. We hit a dispensary, get some legal weed. I got to say, guys, what is going on with weed in LA? It's like, I enjoy marijuana, but this stuff, it's like, what even, is LA weed even weed? Do you know what I mean? Like, me and Maka bought this, pre-rolled like blunt like huge baseball bat of a thing and like between two of us we we got through like two-thirds of it over the course of like eight hours it was like we, we would take like two hits each and be like fuck i gotta put this down for like two hours it's so strong 
it's too strong. Like, I don't even know. It's like you don't get to chill out hanging around smoking it. Like, you got to, it's just so powerful. And the if you take two hits, you're like, all right, I'm fucking off my rocker here. If you take a third hit, it could just rearrange your personality. It's it's so aggressive. And you just see, I don't know, I don't know how people over there sort of function on this stuff. Because you see people just murdering blunts. And it's like, okay. I don't know what your neurochemistry looks like at this point, but your brain must honestly just be like a fucking puddle. It's insane. It's so funny in LA, like they're like Hey, man, it's just a plant. It's legal here. It's just a plant. Three hits send you to Mars. You can't even remember your own fucking name. Here in Australia, you know, I get you could get five years in prison for carrying a joint at the train station. Meanwhile, with me and the lads at the old place, the old lad pad, we used to blaze. It looked like a goddamn Lil Wayne music video. We got so many joints flying around the place. Blokes are mildly high, dude. So I don't understand the attitude the attitude surrounding weed all over the world because LA, it's a borderline hallucinogen and they're like so chilled about it. In Australia, we have like the worst weed ever and you could go to prison forever. So I don't even know, dude, okay? I don't even know. But did that, went to the comedy store. Just my favorite thing to do is just get blazed, have a few beers and just see some outstanding stand-up comedy. We saw Taylor Tomlinson and Mark Marin back to back fucking unreal dude so good dude watching taylor tomlinson and mark Marin like workout material to 120 people it's just what a what an absolute treat i've no nothing funny to say about that but i just really enjoyed it okay oh that was the other thing about the comedy store the comedy store they're like so revved you know in america they're just so revved on these clubs because they're like the best clubs in the world and then like it's so funny because like the the they got the door guys at the comedy store who host the show, and this guy comes out. It's like packed out in the original room, and this like thirty year old door guy comes out and, to host, and he's like, "Ladies and gentlemen, you were at the best comedy club in the world. Give it up!" And we're all like, "Yeah, the best comedy club in the world, baby! Woo!" You know, I'm fucking seeing colors and shit from the weed. Like I'm like, can't can't get enough of this. And then this guy just proceeds to eat shit for 15 minutes and bring on the first act to one of the coldest rooms I've ever seen. So, you know, Godspeed and God bless. It's, it is a reminder. Sometimes in America, you can see the greatest stand-up comedy on the planet. And other times you're reminded that stand-up's really hard and you can also suck in America. So we saw it all that night. So good, dude. Had so much fun. Then we go to Mexico City, okay? Sort of dragging my feet a bit here but we get to mexico city and i'll say this about mexico guys before you get there learn a bit of the old espanol okay because you got old whitey mcwhiterson here behind the mic i did not learn any spanish before i left and you know you think whatever everyone speaks english but they don't guys okay they don't in mexico city most people like we met a lot of mexicans out and about like the rich mexicans speak english but when you're just whipping around town, getting coffees and food and stuff, you got to speak a bit of the Espanol, dude. So I learned a bit of that. I was getting ripped off left and right because I would just uh, I would just hand them like 10 Australian dollars in pesos and just say, SWN, which means, is this okay? And then I would be at the mercy of them if they gave me the correct change or not because I had no idea how much it was supposed to be. Dude, I paid 10 Australian dollars 
for a power raid in Guatemala because I said SWN and gave this chick like, I don't even know what the Guatemalan money is. And then afterwards I converted it and was like, oh, fuck. She gave me no change and I think I just paid off the rest of her mortgage. So learn a bit of the old Espanol. I know that's probably pretty obvious to everyone else, but I am, I don't ever think of anyone except Billy Darcy. So that's why, that's why I, I was learning on the job. And uh, I'll tell you what I learned when I was over there. If all you know how to say in life is like, please, thank you, excuse me, and sorry. I mean, you can you can get you can get pretty far with that, and you're very polite. So, yeah, learn a bit of the old Espanol before you before you head over there. So we check into this hostel. Me and the Mac attack. Um, immediately, like you know, just hostels. Like it's just such a mix. Like every hostel we booked, we searched for like the party hostel. Okay, not to brag, but we're party boys. We enjoy to party, and immediately like just this german guy who's like a devout muslim is in the bed next to Macca, and he's like doing his afternoon prayers in like his white robes and stuff and you know god bless you know no issues there but it was just so funny because you just get so many characters in the hostel like me and Macca are just there to sink piss and this guy's like traveling the world like sober devout muslim and he's in the bed next to Macca. And Macca starts chatting to this bloke and Macca's like, is there many Is there many girls in this hostel, mate? And the German guy goes, ah, so this is your target. <laughs> the German guy hated us, man. He thought we were such losers. <laughs> oh, so funny. I remember the next morning or maybe a couple mornings later, uh, I'd woke up and Macca is like in his undies, just passed out at like 11 a.m. Just still like he's just... We got so blind the night before. Mako is just dead to the world at 11. And then next to him, this poor German guy is, is doing his morning prayers with just, you know, tequila coming out of Mako's pores. So plenty going on. We met in the bed next to me was Niger, Kazakhstani bloke, good fella. He said Kazakhstan's actually a bit of a vibe and it's very safe. So I don't know. You can, you can jump on Kazakhstan if you like. Uh, but anyway, so first night, all right, we get there at about, I want to say, 6 p.m. Bam, go ahead, get some tacos. This is where I found out you really need to speak English. That was a nightmare. Sorry, Spanish. Then there's a rooftop bar of the hostel. We go, sweet, we'll go up, we'll meet um, some people from the hostel and have a few beers and that. We go up there, dude. It's like a hostel bar, but it's like, it's not affiliated with the hostel. It's like its own bar. And everyone there is just Mexican. There's no travelers there at all. So whatever. Drinking some beers. Maka goes to the bathroom and doesn't come back for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, Maka's so social. You know, you take your eye off him for two seconds. He's off making friends and stuff. And and I'm like, fucking hell, this bloke. And I'm, I'm just sitting here by myself waiting for him. And he comes back. He said he was talking to these two Mexican girls via Google Translate. So... He's off to the races and then I go to the bathroom and they're like, oh, like they don't really speak English at all and I don't really speak any Spanish. But they were like, come back with you and your friends. So then, um, and then Niger comes up, the Kazakhstani fella. So we go, right, I go back to the table. I go, right, Niger, Maka, we're going to go talk to these Mexican ladies. And I'm thinking Niger is probably like maybe a big nerd or something because um, he looked and sounded like one. But my God, dude, I've never seen a bloke get on the fucking tools quicker than our boy Niger. 
He was straight in with one of these Mexican women, buying her beers, chatting to her via Google Translate. He knew a fair bit of Spanish. My God, dude. Niger, not a nerd at all. The guy's an absolute wrecking ball. And so that was me, Maca, these two Mexican girls and their friend who spoke a bit of English. And honestly, guys, these Mexican girls were being so forward. I thought we were getting like human trafficked or something. I did not know what was going on. And, and this is like a couple hours in. We're getting hammered as well. So I didn't know what the bloody hell was going on. Um, one of the girls starts like hooking up with me like so aggressively. So aggressively, dude. Like to the point where I'm like, this is going to be one of those things where like maybe like four Mexican guys come over and say like, you owe us like a thousand US now or something. like, Or like, I thought maybe these are like undercover not prostitutes. They were normal girls. They were normal, like, 24-year-old girls. They were, But it was like, I don't even know, dude. I've never seen people this keen. Like, Macca's girl is, like, text on Google Translate being like, do you want to come back to mine? Like, all this stuff. I don't even know, dude. And it felt... I don't even know. Like, I literally was, like, on Google Translate to the girl I was talking to. I was like... <laughs> I was, like, something so benign. I was like do you live in Mexico City or something? And she responded, she was like, do you want me now? And I was like, what's even happening? I don't even understand. I 100% thought we were getting set up in some sort of a a human traffic thing. Like maybe she's like, do you want to have a cigarette outside? And then I go outside and they like throw a sack over me and drive me into the mountains and and kidnap me or something. I don't know. And here's the thing, guys. Now that I'm saying this out loud, I understand that this sounds ridiculous. But I'm just telling you what I was thinking at the time. And it was really bizarre. Okay. Those girls left. Um, turns out they live like 45 minutes away, which is like ages in Mexico City. I mean, Mexico City is the biggest city I've ever been to. Like, it's huge. There's like 25 million people there or something. Anyway. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, yeah. So then the only dodgy thing that happened in Mexico City, we didn't have any problems our whole trip, actually. Everyone was saying, this place is dangerous, this place is dangerous. But honestly, everything was fine. The only issue we had was we were walking in Mexico City our second or third day. And uh, this lady came up to us and was like, what are you doing here? Like, you should not be in this neighborhood. Like, get out of here now. And it didn't even feel that dodgy. But then Maka was like, what do you think we should do? And this lady was like, seriously, you need to leave. And I was like, it feels fine. But then I was like, if we get robbed now, I mean, you can't really blame anyone for that, can you? You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, we better bail. But that was really, honestly, the dodgiest thing that happened the whole trip. And nothing happened. The dodgiest thing that happened to us was like a kind middle-aged woman looking out for us. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Macker at the end of the trip was saying, maybe because we're tall, no one wanted to try and rob us. Because here's the thing, mate. I don't like, I know that I can't fight, but maybe other people don't know that. I'm not sure. Maybe people are looking at me in Mexico because everyone in Mexico is like five foot four as well. So maybe they're thinking, they're looking at me in Mexico going, like, this guy's going to keep me at range, you know? He's going to kick my legs out. He's going to pop that jab. He's going to circle out. He's going to be a lot to deal with. So I'm not sure, but we didn't receive any trouble. We met a lot of people who got like robbed at knife point and stuff, but not a lot, but you know, you hear stories. Anyway, so second night, big night out, big, big night out. And uh, we go to this sick place called, I don't even know. And we find, we met an Aussie. This is our, 
And we hadn't met an Aussie the first two days there. There was no Aussies in our hostel at all. And we met this Aussie, this bloke, Levi. He's like six foot six, just an absolute brick shit house of a man, like blonde ponytail. And mate, what an absolute raging cunt this bloke was. My God. Okay. Firstly, he comes over. We're chatting to his friends apparently. And he's like, all right. I need 500 pesos. He, he's, he's hit everyone up for 500 pesos because his card doesn't work at the ATM. And we're like, oh, nah, sorry, mate. And he's like, he's like, uh, oh, geez. He goes, my mates are in there, but my phone's dead. I need 500 pesos. And we're like pumped to meet this guy because we haven't met any Aussies yet. And he's such a prick. He's so unfriendly, just keeps asking for money. Uh, you know, he's got like, you know, leg tattoos and he's like, just a, he looks like he's from Queensland, shock horror. And Macca, Macca goes, mate, um, oh, well, we're going in. Maybe if I see your mates, I'll send them out for you. And this Levi guy thinks Macca's like having a go at him or something. He's like, yeah, mate, go hard, brother. Go hard. He goes, he, he goes to Macca, he goes, I hope something like this fucking happens to you, cunt. I hope when, when this happens to you, I'll be laughing my fucking head off, mate. Like getting in Macca's face. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, mate, like chill out. Like, what are you doing here? But but, you know, I'm like, I'm saying chill out from across the road because this guy is fucking huge. But honestly, this guy Levi from the uh, Queensland, the Sunshine Coast, I think. Man, I've never been more excited to meet someone because, you know, when you meet Aussies overseas, it's so exciting. You're like, what's doing, mate? And he's just an absolute cunt. So that was so disappointing. Um, and we ended up having a massive night out. He didn't get in, so fuck him, you know. Um, and then... And yeah, what else? What else bloody happened? I wrote down a couple of bullet points because I didn't want to forget anything. Um, but, 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 yep, Levi's a piece of shit. We had the sickest night out that night. So it turns out all the rich Mexicans in Mexico City speak like perfect English. So we went to like a really nice neighborhood this night and uh, everyone there spoke great English and was so friendly and we made heaps of Mexican friends. It was awesome. Like got home at 6 a.m., just an absolute fucking showstopper. As we walk in the door, the German fella's praying. He thinks we're going to hell. He's right. It's all happening. Okay. So that was sick. Um, and then, yeah, we went to one of those Lucho Libre wrestling things. I mean, go. It's fucking weird as shit and kind of stupid, but pretty fun. So whatever. That's not really a highlight. Third night, we go to meet um, Macca's mate, Kurt, who's staying at uh, this other hostel around the corner. We get up there, guess who Kurt's hanging out with? This Levi bloke, who is particularly sheepish, okay? And Macca, to be fair to Macca, Macca goes straight up to him and goes, hey, mate, what's going on? And this bloke's like, yeah, yeah, not much, mate. And I don't know why Levi was so sheepish, because he could have folded Macca in half, and he could have done the same to me with the other hand. The guy was huge, okay? And uh, But yeah, he was sheepish, and he's one of the worst blokes I've ever met. So God bless. Um and what else did we do? Do, do, do? Oh, yeah, that was the thing on the third night. So we went out with a crew from this other hostel on the third night. And they were they were great. couple of Aussies in the mix. Um, it was blatantly obvious we stayed at the wrong hostel in Mexico City because it was an absolute nerd fest at our hostel. Like, Niger was like the biggest vessel there and the bloke barely drank. So we went to this other hostel, absolute crew. Everyone's getting pissed. It was great. few Aussies in the mix. And we went out, we had the best time, and we ran into this American guy. How's this? So, this girl from Melbourne whose name escapes me, but she was absolutely lovely. She's smoking a cigarette, and this guy from America just walks up to her and just, like, goes to take her cigarette out of her hand. 
And I'm like, I'm standing there talking to her. I'm like, what are you doing? And this like coked up American guy's like, oh, I just want that cigarette. And I'm like, why don't you, why don't you ask if you can have one? And he's like, oh yeah, for sure. He's like coked out of his mind. And I'm like, and he goes, can I have a cigarette? I go, why don't you say please? And he's like, yeah, 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 please. Like this guy's like 32 as well. So embarrassing, dude. And it's like, dude, is there anything more annoying than Americans who can't handle their piss? Like the guy's like, oh man, thanks so much. Like when I'm not this fucked up, I'm actually a real legend. And it's like, I don't think you are, dude. I don't think you are, you know? So that guy was horrible and we sprayed him for about 20 minutes. Like I was like, who the fuck do you think you are? You know, like just like, and also there was like, uh, there was other blokes smoking cigarettes. He didn't do that to any of them. Like just went straight up to the only girl smoking a cigarette, tried to like rip it out of her hand. What a complete pelican, dude. And in Mexico, everyone is just smoking cigarettes. Vapes are like, in all of Central America, people aren't really vaping. Like travelers were vaping, but Mexicans do. They're just pummeling cigarettes. It's so inspirational. I loved it, okay? I had a big slide back on the cigs when we got there, then got off them again. Um, But yeah, dude, it's just phenomenal, like the cigarette culture over there. They just love annihilating cigarettes. And who can blame them, you know? Who can blame them? So then last night in Mexico City, we were there for like five or six nights. Skipped a few, a couple of things here, but last night um, we go right. We got we had an earlyish flight, I want to say, and I go right. It's a night off, time to get some some ganj in. Now Mexico City, not the chillest place for drugs. There's police literally everywhere, like everywhere. It's like you're in a game of GTA or something because I think because the city's so dangerous, there's just fucking a relentless amount of police and. And also, Ganj is like not legal there. We were trying to work out how to get it. No one was really blazing at the hostel. I just asked the receptionist because I was like, whatever. And then the guy was like, oh, yeah, there's this park you can go to. They can't sell it there, but it's pretty dodgy. And I was like, okay. And then he came out afterwards and was like, I can get you some weed, but you can't smoke it at the hostel. Like, it's really quite strict in Mexico City. And uh, he goes, but if you can't get any, I'll get you some, but try and get some. So then we're walking to this park at like 7 p.m. in Mexico City and we walk past this guy who's smoking weed like halfway to the park and I'm like, wait, so we just hit him up. He's blazing one. I start smoking weed with this guy. Mac is like, Bill, there's a cop like 20 meters behind you. I turn around, there's like a Mexican police officer and we got old freckles, six foot two, ivory tower, Bill, blazing one on the street. I'm like, holy fuck. We start like pegging because this guy was selling us weed, but he's like, he was like, no, just have it. You don't even have to pay. Like in, in Mexico, weed has like no value whatsoever. Like the amount of times I tried to buy weed and people would just give it to you. And this guy's just giving us weed while I'm smoking a joint like 20 meters from this police officer. I literally was like about to cry. <laughs> Not really, but also a bit. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so we got some weed off this guy and then um, and then like literally ran back to the hostel and then we tried to go to a few bars, but like I, th- I feel like honestly we got turned away from a couple of bars because we were white because we went to like three bars and like they were still cranking at 9 p.m. and the guy told us they were closed and people are like dancing and having cocktails. It didn't look closed to me, okay? I don't want to speculate, but I'm saying that it didn't look closed. Anyway, so Maka rolled, rolled a couple up in the uh, bathroom of this bar. 
Blazed one I walked around Mexico City, absolute time and a half. And uh and yeah, so that was the end of our time in Mexico City. An absolute town and a half. Highly recommend. Um, did I miss anything? Uh Oh, okay. I complete I knew I forgot something. Had a bloody I could tell I forgot something and I was right. So every night of this trip, there was this uh like late night food place across from the hostel and it was literally like a door and a stairway up to an apartment block and this like 50 year old like mexican lady she would work there till like 4 a.m every night she would do like the 10 p.m to 4 a.m shift and we would always get like some tacos or like empanadas or something off her and she was absolutely lovely just absolutely lovely and she had these dogs with her you're not supposed to pat the dogs in mexico because they're all just like rabid street dogs but like the dogs were so friendly mac is just rolling around on the ground with one of the dogs and we would just visit this lady every night and like she didn't speak English and we didn't speak Spanish, but you could just tell she was an absolute, she was just lovely. She's one of those people where she's literally sitting in a staircase. Like it's not a real store. It's a staircase. Okay. Imagine at the at the bottom of a staircase, you just set up like a, a grill. That's all it was. And, but she was like so lovely and so bubbly. She's literally working like, what is it when you work overnight? overnight shift night shift she's literally working night shift making freaking empanadas for like four bucks or whatever and she's just the happiest person on the planet it makes you realize like how great we have it here she was an absolute gem and a half so we we paid one more visit to her after the ganj we actually got a photo with her she's an absolute delight and uh and that was the end of that for mexico city on to the next we flew to puerto escondido the next day and I will cover Porto Escondido in the next podcast. All right, before we crack into the Matildas, bit of administration in the middle here. Our darling boy, Rowan Arneal, has his first stand-up solo show coming up in Sydney, September 7, 9, and 10. Double-check those dates. It's called Top of the Food Chain, an hour of Rowan Arneal stand-up comedy. I'm opening for him at the Factory Theatre in Sydney. Uh, you can get those tickets via the link in Rowan Arneal's Instagram bio uh, or I'll put it in the show notes of uh, this podcast. So September 7, 9, 10, Rowan Arneal solo show. I'm opening in Sydney. Hope to see you there. The Saturday night especially, G it up. Massive session at Vic on the Park afterwards. So hope to see you there. All right, up next, we got to talk about the Tillies. We got to talk about our gals. My God. Again, apologies I was out of the country for this. My citizenship should be revoked, okay? Just send me to Tasmania or, or New Zealand or some other country. I just, I apologize, okay? I'm so gutted I didn't get to see any of the games like in a pub in Australia, you know, just feeding off the atmosphere. I would Honestly, I probably would have exploded with anxiety and excitement so maybe for the best maybe it was destiny i was in central america for this world cup anyway what a campaign by the gals i've been watching the matildas for a few years now i i thought before the world cup anything less than a semi-final berth would be disappointing i thought i honestly thought we could win the whole thing and i think if sam kerr was fit we we would have had a much better chance i think england and spain well, 
obviously really, really good. And even Sweden knocked us over in that third that third place match. So I'm not saying like if Sam Kerr was fit, mate, we would have won every game 10 nil. You know, I'm not saying anything like that, but it would have been bloody handy. I don't think anyone would argue with that. You know, you got the best player in the world on your team. It's handy if they play, okay? If you had a choice, yeah, I'd prefer she was fit. But that was crazy. I honestly think, yeah, I'm, I, I do think maybe Australia wasn't, Australia the nation wasn't aware how good the Matildas were because when I was coming into this World Cup, like I said, I was thinking, I think we maybe win this thing. And I was 100% serious. I'm sure I said it on the podcast. Um, whereas I think maybe the rest of Australia wasn't aware of how good the Matildas were because you think Australia, soccer, you, I mean, we still call it soccer. So that's all you really need to know about us as a footballing nation, you know. It's not really our thing. And the Socceroos were unbelievable in the World Cup, but like the Socceroos to get to the round of 16 is like, we're all like, oh my God, like people are just making out on the street, you know, just doing drugs on a Tuesday. The absolute scenes when the Socceroos made the round of 16. So I think when the Chili's made the round of 16, then the quarterfinal, I think a lot of Australia... This is just what I gleaned from social media, talking to friends, family. I think a lot of Australia is like, what the fuck is happening? Like, this is crazy. I think people thought it was like some sort of a miracle run. A miracle run, I should say. But if you look at our team on paper, like we should be getting to the semis, minimum. And we did, and we played awesome. And good good on the girls for, for what a phenomenal campaign it was, just because we have a gun team doesn't mean it's easy to get to the semifinals. And it wasn't. We had an absolute fucking James Blunt of a time getting out of the group. So, so good, dude. I'm so pumped. Everyone is now aware of the Matildas. And I don't know. Like I just love when Australia, everyone gets behind the one thing. It doesn't happen that often. Sometimes with the Olympics, you know, like with the, the, the Socceroos and the Men's World Cup. But it doesn't really happen that often, you know, like the Ashes, yeah, like it's on it like, I don't know, like not everyone loves cricket. So you don't really you know, get that necessarily like people in pubs. Like my mum was, I was talking to my mum on the phone and she's like talking to me about the Matildas for like 10 minutes. She's loving it. My mum doesn't usually watch soccer, you know, so that's like they really just cross that barrier completely like People who've never even kicked a ball in their life were at the pub watching the Matildas. That's sick, dude. So sick. And a few highlights for me, Steph Catley as skipper in the group stage. Dude, I love Steph Catley. She's probably my f- favorite player with Hayley Razzo is Steph Catley because I also possess a left boot that has been sent from heaven. So uh, I, I think when I first started following the Matildas, honestly, double check this, but I swear Steph Catley used to play left wing and Caitlin Ford would play in behind uh, Sam Kerr. So I, when I first started watching, Catley was playing left wing and taking like all the corners and free kicks. And I was just, I love it. I love it all, dude. And when she buried that pen in the first game, absolute goosebumps. I love it. When she handed the, um, the captain's armband to Sam Kerr, when Sam Kerr came on, hold on, brother, I'm crying, I'm crying, and I'm crying some more. Uh, Hayley Razzo. Okay. Okay. Patron saint of the pod, Hayley Razzo. One of my all-time faves. Dude, how good. Okay. I'm, and look, 
this isn't like the Usman Khawaja thing where I was just back in Usman Khawaja and then he comes in and shows everyone. Like everyone already knew Hayley Razzo was an absolute weapon. It's not like controversial to say Hayley Razzo's a fucking gun. She literally signed for Real Madrid before the World Cup. But dude, still, it's just sick to see your favorite player doing well, okay? She pretty much carried us through that group stage by herself. I think she scored three goals in the tournament, maybe four. Double check that. I've not really looked up any of these facts, but so good, dude. She's playing with the ribbon and she wears it in her hair so her grandma can tell which one she is on the field. Dude, I'm crying. I can't stop crying, okay? Holy shit, dude. They started selling the ribbons. Like, what about you see all these, like, girls in the crowd with the Hayley Razzo ribbons in their hair? Dude, I can't stop crying, okay? Oh, my God. Uh, Sam Kerr's goal against England. Literally insane. Literally fucking insane. (laughs) What is happening, dude? Oh, my God. If Sam Kerr's fully fit, look, I don't know. I don't know, okay? Because she did play 90 minutes in the uh, in the semifinal. But, you, you know, she's not 100, 100, 100% or whatever. But, yeah. So, wow, that was just phenomenal. I don't even know if any of this is even worth hearing. I don't think I'm providing any insight or banter. I'm literally just overwhelmed. Uh, dude, I, I read this, right? Ellie Carpenter is resor- reportedly receiving abuse online. And I honestly heard that and was like, what is that even for? I was thinking, is she like, I don't, I like, I don't know, does she have like controversial views on Twitter or something? Like, I didn't know what it was for. And then I realized the last England goal, she kind of fucked it in the box or maybe the second one. Um, she kind of missed the ball and England scored. And I thought, oh, I guess she's getting abused for that. And it's like, I just can't even wrap my head around that. Like, firstly, I don't think we should have access to these people. I don't think I should be able to contact Ellie Carpenter. I think that's ridiculous. It makes me sad. But also, if you are honestly abusing someone for making a mistake on the sporting field, it's like, have you ever played sport in your life? Dude, like the amount of goals in my soccer career that were directly my fault, single-handedly my fault. There were times, because I used to play sweeper, and center back. Dude, there were times when the opposition wasn't going to score and then I did something that then presented them an opportunity. Like there were times when my mistake created an opportunity that wasn't even there. Okay? Own goals, everything, dude. Like I don't understand how you could ever abuse another human being for making a mistake on the sporting field. Have you literally ever played a game of anything in your fucking life? So that's ridiculous. I I don't, I don't, I follow Ellie Carpenter on Instagram. I don't know if you can like reply to her stories, but she should shut that off. I don't think we should have access to, I mean, really, should you have access to anyone you don't know? Really? I don't, I don't, not a hundred percent sure, especially public figures. Like I know a few of the other Matildas like Hayley Razzo, like you can't reply to their story. Um, and it's a goddamn shame. So yeah, honestly, like, that sucks for Ellie Carpenter. Like, I hope that stops. I saw Craig Foster was tweeting all about it. But, like, if you are literally abusing someone online for making a mistake on a sporting field, like, I don't even know, dude. There's so many people in this world that are just, like, background characters. They're, like, bots. Like, I don't even know how you... 
I can't even relate to them. I don't, I don't, I can't even. Someone who would message Ellie Carpenter something abusive after that game, I just, I can't even relate to you as a human being. I don't know what your operating system is, brother. You're working with Windows 98 and you should probably kill yourself. I don't know. I, I can't wrap my head around that at all. But yeah, dude, just so good. Obviously, it became so much more than a World Cup. Like, it was like this cultural moment. And I think, you know, I see people saying women's sport needs more funding still. You got to fund it. And everyone who says like, oh, it's got to start making its own money and stuff. It's like, that's just not how it works at all. You know, like in a perfect world, yeah, women's sport would make its own money and then and then that would be that. But like, you can't just, you need to get it started. You know, you need to, you need to start start the fire a bit with a bit of kindling, you know? Like the women's game has received a lot of funding over the last 10, 20 years when literally like 800 people were going to watch the Matildas. They're making no money at all. You still got to fund it because when you invest in something, this is the result. And uh, how good was it, you know? Like the Australian women's cricket team, uh, they, I remember like 10 years ago or something, five years ago, they all got bumped up to minimum 100K contracts. And people are blowing up saying no one watches them or whatever, but it's like, at some point, if you want something to be good, you have to invest in it, you know? Stuff just doesn't magically... You don't just have women playing at a freaking, like, at New South Wales Premier League ground in front of 75 people, put no funding or investment or energy into it, and then you just magically have 80,000 people at a core stadium. That's not how it works. You have to invest and continue to invest. So, hopefully... Um, I saw some $200 million package for women's sport. Sounds fucking awesome to me. I don't know how they use that stuff, but but yeah, I hope this just continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I absolutely love it. Dude, the bigger women's sport gets, it's so sick because it's just more sport, you know? Like 10 years ago, the Matildas would have been playing in the World Cup and no one in Australia, well, a very small amount of people would have got any enjoyment out of it. No one would have really watched how much joy did they bring this country over the last month? So keep the funding coming, you know. Dude, I saw this video of Kathy Freeman talking to the Matildas before the tournament. And she was like, like, you can get into the blood of this nation and they will come with you. She's like, they will come with you. You'll be blown away by the support you receive. You can, you can make a big change here, girls. And I was like, just crying, being like, oh my God. Dude, how could you watch Kathy Freeman rev up any Australian ever and not just burst into tears? I mean, I challenge you, dude. That should be like the next TikTok challenge. Instead of, you know, throwing pies at at people or whatever they're doing, you should you should have to watch Kathy Freeman address the Matildas and try not to burst into tears because I don't think it can be done, okay? I don't think it can be done. But, you know, I'm just one man. Uh, ba 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 Oh, last thing, dude, I saw this. How sickening is this? Mary Fowler is 20 and Kyra Cooney-Cross is 21. So, you know what I mean? What do they got, like four World Cups left each? That's sick. And honestly, this is a bit of a maybe dog shit opinion. This is not really that founded, but I feel like if, if like sometimes we're a little bit just lacking through the middle as far as like holding the ball up and stuff. Like obviously the Matilda's strength is their wing. We got Raz on one side, freaking Ford on the other. Then you got Vine off the bench, plus Catley and Ellie Carpenter playing left and right back. I mean, left and right back, they're, they're proper wing backs, those two. 
And then it's it's just all down the sidelines, hits Sam Kerr in the middle. You get another four years into Mary Fowler and Kyra Cooney cross in the center mid position. I'm not sure how old Katrina Gorey is, but dude, wow. I can't, I, I'm not sure how good they're going to be. I can't even wrap my head around it. Okay. So I can't wait. It's all, it's all coming up bloody gravy uh, in Australia. I absolutely love it. I saw that the women's rugby union players are blowing up because they're not getting any funding at all. That one's a bit slippery with women's rugby union because no one watches men's rugby union. So they've got big problems over there. And I think this just this tournament just reminded me that just soccer is without a doubt the best sport on the planet. It's you know there's nothing better than a football world cup. There's just nothing better. You know just the theater, the drama, like the the national pride. Oh. So good, dude. So good. So good. Yeah. Okay. That's the end of that. Dun, dun, dun. I think I had like one more thing to say. Okay, yeah, a couple of things to bring us home here. I'm not even sure this is real, but just talking about Mary Fowler. You know, I love the Hello Sport Boys, the Hello Sport podcast. They reported, um, I mean reported, I don't, I'm not sure if they're journalists, but they spoke about it. Um, I mean, really, what is the difference between reporting and speaking? Am I reporting right now? Are you reporting? Am I a report? Who knows, dude? But they they said that, and I looked it up. I couldn't find anything remotely backing this up at all. So this is probably just egregious hearsay. But I, they said that Nathan Cleary and Mary Fowler have been hanging out, which would honestly be crazy, dude. That would be a, like a wild power couple. And, you know, Australia is, we love, I love a power couple, you know. I follow Michael Clark's love life closer than anyone. I absolutely love a power couple. Mate, honestly, when I first heard this, that Mary Fowler was hanging out with Nathan Cleary, I got like defensive, like fatherly. I was like, I don't, I don't want her hanging out with these rugby league players. I don't want her hanging out with those Penrith Panthers. Oh, uh, she better not be drinking beers with that Jerome Luai. You know, that's what I was thinking. I was like, fuck it, old dude. You're not going to corrupt our Mary, you know, even though I think Nathan Cleary is the same age as me. But uh, but yeah, honestly, dude, I thought, wow, keep Mary Fowler away from these NRL players. Um, like, I, I don't know who Mary Fowler plays for overseas, but send her back to Europe ASAP, okay? I don't want her doing alcohol with these crazy NRL boys. So that was my first thought, okay? I didn't love it. But then, you know, how could you say no to it for the chance for a genuine power couple? Okay. And the thing with a power couple is it's got to be cross codes. It's got to be cross codes. You know, football power couple, like Mitchell Stark, Alyssa Healy, it's like they're both cricketers. Like you want like, you know, like Margot Robbie and like Tim Payne or something like that. You know, you want some cross code stuff. So this would be electric if it happened. I'm not going to lie. Um, I honestly think that, if Mary Fowler is going to date anyone, if any of our beautiful Matildas are going to date anyone, I'd prefer it be like Robert Irwin, okay? Dude, dude, if any of the Matildas want to be in a power couple, go date Steve Irwin's son because that guy is an absolute sunflower of a man and he's going to date you for like two years before he even kisses you, okay? So I feel very protective over this. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure about it. I think Robert Irwin would be a great stepping stone power couple, for one of our Matildas. And then maybe, you know, once Mary Fowler's maybe dated Robert Irwin for a bit, maybe they've hugged like twice, you know, 
he's talking to her on the date like, wow, Mary, you just make me feel unbelievable. <laughs> you know how Robert Irwin speaks? He's just like always, he's always, he's always on like the late show with Jimmy Fallon. He's like, wow, Jimmy, we've got some fantastic critters I want to show you tonight. Like he's taking Mary Fowler out on fucking endless yogurt dates. Wow, Mary, this mango yogurt is phenomenal. <laughs> I'd much rather she date Robert Irwin. I just feel like that guy, dude. Honestly, like, like I've got a sister, Mary Fowler's age. If my sister came home with Robert Irwin, I'd be like, dude, I don't have to worry about this guy. You know, my God, the guy's like, it's like a hologram or something, Robert Irwin. I'm not sure what he gets up to. I think he's got a girlfriend, but I'm not sure. Imagine if Robert Irwin went blue and just started like cheating on his missus with one of the Matildas. Dude, imagine if Robert Irwin... Oh my God. Dude, Mary Fowler starts dating Nathan Cleary and then Robert Irwin steals her. Wow. Pick your side, dude. Pick your side. But anyway, yeah. So I don't think this Mary Fowler, Nathan Cleary thing is even remotely true. Um, But if it is, honestly, I'm worried. Okay, I'm worried. I don't, you know, we're coming up to Mad Monday season in September. Um, yeah, these boys have tattoos. They do drugs. Um, some of them have um, aggressive haircuts. I don't love it. Okay, I don't love it. Um, anyway, okay, what else I got here? Dun, dun, dun. Okay, I think this is going way too long, but also I'm not sure. No. Okay, we're going to do the project and then I'll talk about some of this other stuff with Rowan in the second half. So the project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent killing it here and abroad. Obviously, I've just spoken about the Matildas for about 25 minutes, but everyone loves the Matildas. Uh, The project, you know, actually, bit of a full circle moment because the project is supposed to sort of shine a light on maybe some Australian talent that maybe isn't getting the light shone shone on them. And I used to talk about the Matildas and say, you know, they're playing this weekend, get around them. But no one needs me to do that anymore, do they? So that's very exciting. But anyway, on the project this week, Indie Rock Chick, you know, obviously everyone knows I I love, I'm an absolute sucker for Indie Rock, okay? Uh, Dude, there's this chick, Susie, S-U-Z-I. Double check that. But she just released a song with Sly Withers, one of my favorite bands. It's called It's Not a Competition. Great song, dude. Great song. Um, S-U-Z-I is how you spell her name on Spotify. If you just like, you know, the Smith Street Band, Ruby Fields, that sort of shit, you will like this chick. She's She's got some absolute mongrel in that voice. It's good stuff, dude. It's absolutely good stuff. Um, she's got a few other songs on there that I haven't written down, but I've listened to them and they're really cool. So check her out. And uh, she's like only got like four songs. So... You know me, I love getting on trains. I don't get off them. So get on early, okay? Get on early with Susie. And then I, I know I just said that we're supposed to be shouting out small talent, but I just want to shout out Margot Robbie for this Barbie film. I saw it the other day. Dude, it's so good. So good. Margot Robbie, she like fully developed the film as well. Like she came up with the idea, she helped write it, she found the director, she approached the Barbie company. Dude, I just think it's unbelievable that like one of the biggest movie stars on the planet is Australian. So cool. Straight out of Neighbours. It's unbelievable, dude. And for me, she's still pound for pound the hottest chick on the planet. 
which I know probably isn't really the commentary you want surrounding Barbie with this feminist agenda and, you know, this this fantastic, you know, female first film. But, you know, I've always just got to throw it in there that, that hey, Margot Robbie is still pound for pound. And, and, you know, when she's not, I'll let you know. But my God, dude, I don't think I've ever seen anyone more attractive in my life, okay? And, dude, this Barbie film was so fun. I loved it. Everyone's saying, oh, it's like so feministy. It's like, yeah, but it, it doesn't apologize for it. You know, it's like people are saying blokes are blowing up because of all the feminist stuff. It's like, what what did you expect going to see Barbie? You know, walking out of the Barbie film, like, oh, pretty good. Not sure about all the birds in this one, though. Like, <laughs> like what do you expect? I don't know. I went in, I knew it was going to be like a female driven feminist film and it was it's so it's so funny and silly like i thought it was meant to be like a kids film i didn't i didn't 100 percent get it i thought there'd be like some feminist undertones but it was aimed at like 12 year olds um but it's for adults it's absolutely hilarious dude it's like one of the funniest films i've seen and yeah it's got this like the whole things about sort of you know feminism and the patriarchy and this but i don't know how you could do a film about that stuff in a sillier way it's literally the silliest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's so fun. I loved it. I just thought it was great. Um, yeah. And like people who are like the film's all about how like men should be just background characters doing nothing. It's like, I don't think that was really the vibe in the end. Because in the end, Ryan Gosling, you know, she's like, stop, stop bloody worrying about me. Do your own thing. I feel like the end message was that everyone should just have their own autonomy. It wasn't really men should be doing this or women should be doing that. It's just sort of everyone should be doing whatever the hell they want and they shouldn't, their freedom should not be, uh, you know, impeded in any way. But I just thought it was fucking hilarious, dude. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was really funny. And I thought Margot Robbie was just phenomenal in it. Like, it's so dumb. Will Ferrell's in it. Like, I don't know how you could leave that cinema angry in any way. I just thought it was so silly and so fun. And Margot Robbie was so good in it. Um, so, yeah, unbelievable stuff. Cool, cool, cool. All right, first episode back. Boom. We did it. It's all good stuff. A uh, few things. We got Rowan coming up in the second half, probably. Haven't recorded that yet, but hopefully he's home this afternoon at a decent time. Also, I'm going to be releasing heaps of stand-up comedy over the next two months on my YouTube and social media and that. I'm not touring or doing anything for the rest of the year. So check that out. If you see a clip and you like it, maybe share it, but you don't have to. I'm sorry for pressuring you. And that's that, dude. We're back. Okay? We're back. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Way too long. Way too long. Yeah. And I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone. Way too gone. <laughs> We're starting that again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're always swinging too wild on this thing, dude. It's just I'm fun st- to swing wild at the start. Yeah, but you're, you're implicating people we know in some of these sledges. Okay. I'm starting the episode again. Okay, okay. We just got 17 seconds in. Okay. Starting it again. All right. All right, legends. Welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me. I've returned and so has our darling boy, Rowan Arneal. I'm back, baby. How you going, mate? Back in the podcast studio. How'd you do without me, mate? 
Mate, this turned into a nice little storage closet. It was pretty nice for a little bit. Yeah. And then obviously the loneliness set in pretty hard. Well, I mean, how does a boat do without a lighthouse at night? <laughs> Mate, it fucking sinks. It sinks. <laughs> it hangs out with some bad influences is what it does. Yeah. Well, my bedroom was turned into a surfboard rack slash <laughs> like your like rotting work clothes everywhere. So <laughs> yeah, well, I had to clean my car in a moment's notice because people were using it. So... No, I don't, room. Oh, no qualms, mate. No qualms. But what were you up to while I was gone, mate? Mate, I was not having a 20-minute catch-up at the end of my day, which I didn't realize was a pivotal part of, of my routine, but apparently it is. So mate, you- I just drift. I just drift through this house like oh, a ghost. Mate. You became like a latchkey kid, mate. <laughs> yeah. You got the whole house to yourself <laughs> in the afternoon. Yeah. I couldn't ask Billy how his day was. He went, oh, nothing much. I'm like, Perfect. Yeah, I tell you what, I never have anything to report. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, I went through a mini breakup and Billy wasn't here. It was horrible. Just making chicken alone, going out, bombing, coming back here, still no one home. <laughs> just like at nine o'clock, I was like, I guess I'm just going to go to bed. I guess I'm just going to come home from work, bomb horrifically at Pods Point, and then come back and not tell anyone about it. I Perfect. know. Dude, it's moments like those where I go, I'm never living alone. <laughs> yeah. I'm going like from share house to partner. Yeah. I'm yeah. not doing the whole, look at me. I'm in a one bedroom. Everything's the way I like it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I don't care. I don't I don't want anything the way I like it. I want someone to fucking listen. Yeah, exactly. Put, put the forks where you want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can have all the shelves in the fridge. Make me feel heard. Exactly. Without my beautiful Mr. Cricket here. Who fucking knows? But, mate, what was going on? You had a big night on the bloody gear. I leave for four weeks, mate. You're doing hard narcotics. I'm not doing hard <laughs> narcotics. I went to the club. I'm a clubber now. Oh, my God. You went clubbing, doing dingers. <laughs> I went to the strippers as well. You went to the strippers? <laughs> you didn't tell me that. Only for one drink, to be honest. We only stuck around for one drink. So was people this- watching. Was this the same night as the club? Same night, yes, the club, yeah. So, so we've gone dingers, the club, strippers. No, we've gone strippers, the club. You went strippers before. I don't know. It was Graham's birthday. I, he just he thought we should check out the strip. And also, I was I've always been kind of anti strippers going to the strippers. But we were with a crew that involved women, so I was like. Men and women going to the strippers. That's hard. This will get round. This is just inner city living. Yeah, because just four lads hitting the grippers. Not for me, bro. Yeah, that's business, okay? It's, yeah. No, 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 no. Mate, I'm just trying to think out loud now when the last time I went to I went to the actual strip club was. Mm. Because I've been on Bucks parties where they'll, they'll come to you. Mm. It was a mad Monday for soccer a couple of years ago. I can't remember the last time I went to a genuine strip club. What's what's happening in there, mate? Um, not a just. It's very well lit. The one I went to, um, I was more people watching at um, the kind of groups of men that were in there. Um, I'm not very good at talking to the strippers because I don't want to like be part of any services or. What, I'm not trying to have a lap dance or whatever, but um, I'm just very polite and like I kind of talk. I kind of talk to them like I'm talking to like a tuk-tuk driver. I'm like, thank you. Um, thank you for your interest. I hope you're well. Um, have a nice night. Um, really? You're all business, mate. Well, yeah, I just feel fucking weird. It, I mean, it is uncomfortable. I don't like the f- them fake being interested in me 
And then I don't want to be like rude and be like, I do not want your services. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, I'm well. I hope your day was good too. I wish you a nice night. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I mean- I don't want to be cruel. No. Um, Any situation where the person is being nice to you because it's their job is just- Yeah, I find- I can't handle the banter. Yeah, it's very unsettling. She's like, what are you guys up to tonight? Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, Dude, I'm kind of the opposite of you where I will ask them like how much a like a one song lap dance is. Mm. And then if I want to get one, I'll just be like, I want the one song lap dance. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're very no, clear. No banter. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. do the thing where you're like- uh, saying I'm handsome. I know I'm a handsome boy. Yeah. This handsome boy would like one lap dance <laughs> yeah. while, for this Nelly song. And then you can go and chat to everyone else. I don't want to waste your time. Yeah. You don't want to waste mine. And and I'm keeping you working, babe. You know, yeah. I'm sending you back out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, we don't have to talk about w- what my interests are. Yeah. How do we all know each other? I mean, some of these strippers are doing crowd work. It looks I- like <laughs> it looks like fucking Riff City out there. Yeah. Also, it's like I have people in my life that care about me and compliment me it's all good i spoke to my mum yesterday mm. i i don't yeah i just want to well i think it's very clear when i well it should have been that the man that walks in and asks if he can put his skateboard behind the bar is not giving you any money <laughs> he doesn't have any <laughs> you shouldn't even be allowed <laughs> yeah, it, all everyone in my crew was like what are you how are you going to get in with a skateboard i'm like you can go anywhere with a skateboard i went to the club afterwards with a skateboard it's fine so, was this like an impromptu session? Like, why do you have a skateboard on well, this big night out? Well, would yeah, I didn't know. I read his message wrong. I said, I thought they were chilling there, but I didn't read the end of the message was, we're chilling at mine, then going out. So, I just skated to Woodhead's and then they were like, we're going. And I was like, oh, true. Oh, I didn't read this message at all. Yeah, right. Well, mate, I mean, fair play to you. I was just thinking back on the grippers, like- um, I love the bloke at strip clubs who's just absolutely loving it. <laughs> like the full lean back, like with the girl under their arm. Just going, just, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was asking Woodhead's friend about like her trivia nights. I was like, so you run trivia nights, isn't that? Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Oh, cool. What sort of questions? <laughs> Dude, I got to say, strip club into normal club. I've never seen it before. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't mind it. I don't mind it either. Because you can go and you can have a beer, you know. You're not like, it's not 3 a.m. Well, I also liked it because it was so, it just reminded me of stand-up. It was like RSL seating. Um, there was a performer that was having a pretty bad time and trying to cover it up. No one appreciating her art. No one appreciating shit. I was like, this is fucking stand-up comedy, mate. I love this. Um, just asking the stripper, what does this hold, 80? <laughs> yeah, I could, I could <laughs> see myself playing this 250 room. 250, mate, in here. It's wide. Nice. I, don't, I didn't even think strip clubs like made it past COVID. Yeah, this the gentleman's club on Oxford Street still fucking pumping. Really? Dude, the last strip club I went to realize is I was in Croatia and it was all dinged up and we were just like walking through town and we were like, we sh-, it was four dudes that would never go to a strip club. And we were like, we should go to a Croatian strip club. And then we walk in, um, I go to the bathroom, come back, Two of my mates have ordered tap waters 
And then the other one is arguing with a stripper. And I was like, boys, boys, boys. And then we get told to leave. I'm like, all right. So, we ordered two waters. I took a shit and Harry couldn't an argument. Great. You guys are just- <laughs> It's just two cranky Croatian strippers sitting down drinking, not doing anything, arguing with my friend. That's a shocker. Dude, last time, I think this is the last time I went to a strip club. And honestly, don't hold me to this, but I think it was like four years ago. I've probably been to one in between, but I honestly can't remember. Uh, I, I hit a strip club like once every three years. I, I, mm. I got like an Olympic cycle. Yeah. Um, so, we were on a cricket tour in New Zealand and we went to a strip club. But do you, do you ever... <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just visual, isn't it? <laughs> oh, this is in no way a reflection of uh, my cricket club. This was me and a few of the more yeah. ratbaggier blokes. Yeah. Um, but sometimes they're get too acrobatic with the stripping. It's like not sexy anymore. Mm. Like this one lady was doing this thing where, and the pole went up like 10, four or five meters or something. Mm. And she would do this thing where she would be hanging upside down at the top of the pole. And then she would just free fall down and catch herself just before the bottom with her legs. Oh my God. And as impressive as it is, it's a bit of a boner killer, to be honest. Like, you'd be like, you're not going like, oh, this is so hot. You're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Okay, she's okay. Jesus Christ. What even was that? Like, I've never yes. seen that move before. Yeah, Tough stuff, dude. No, the strippers I went to, I don't think they can pull off anything like that. Yeah, right. Okay. No, they're more just kind of slowly dance, um, not really do anything. Sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes that's all you need. I knew it. I knew I had been to another strip club. I went to one in Vegas with Joe Antar. Oh, really? Professional poker player, Joe Antar. And this was- This strip club- This is one of the filthier podcasts we've done, mate. But this strip club in Vegas, they would have like proper like world famous porn stars like headline for the weekend. Oh, Like it's really? a comedy club. Oh, my be, God. You'd be walking in. They're like fucking Lisa Ann's here Thursday to Saturday. Like- Wow. It was pretty cool. Yeah. That is comedy. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, that was the last time I went to a strip club, I think. Yeah, it's never my idea, that's for sure. And then they wanted to leave and I was like, dude, we fucking paid entry. Let's fucking stay. Yeah, a hundred. well, yeah, they are expensive, the strip clubs. But anyway, mate, apart from legitimate filth, what have you been up to? Um, fuck, what have I been up to? You said there was some neighborhood drama you oh, had to tell true, me about. Oh, true, true. I haven't told you. Mate, so have you been reading the news? No. Okay. Well, there's been a bunch of gangland shootings in Southwest Sydney. Oh, I did see a couple of those. And we're part of that. We've been mixed up in the whole fucking- Surrey shrine. Hills. Well, me and Marcus have been personally attacked. I came out a few weeks ago. Someone's egged my car. Really? Single egg. Ooh. I go to work. Ominous. Come home. And also, at the same time, I know about all this Southwest Sydney shit that's So, do you think the single egg is in any way connected to the people who've been gunned down? I think it was a warning shot for sure. Okay. Um, come home. Don't think much of it. Come home. Look around the street. Realize no one else has been egged. People's cars are still there. Walk to the front door. Someone's- A single egg has- Someone's egged our front door. Wait, what? A single egg. You guys never told me about this. And then Marcus gets home and I go, mate, how was your day? He goes, mate, someone egged my car. A single egg. Whoa. Targeted this- attack. Marky doesn't even use his car. He doesn't use his car. How did they know it was his? How do they know any of this, mate? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what are we doing talking about strippers? <laughs> I know, bro. 
Okay, deal me in. You didn't tell me what any of this. What have we done? Mate. Is I, that the end of the story? That's all we know, bro. What the fuck? And then a day later, someone shot in Bankstown. Okay. <laughs> so, it's all connected, mate. I'm going to go buy a enormous whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. Well, fucking, we had to stop talking about it, mate. Holy shit. I had to tap Marky on the shoulder and be like, brother, I can't do this anymore. I know you have a curious mind. I've, I'm exhausted. I'm simply exhausted. Dude, this would have kept Marky up for days. For days, bro. It's all he could think about. So he he was he went down to the cafe and made serious eye contact with the Asian guy that works there to see if there was any sort of movement in the guy's face. Because <laughs> that was suspect number one. <laughs> That was suspect number one. And I got wrapped up in it as well. I, I walked past the window. I looked at him. He looked back at me. He didn't seem to have any recognition of my face or who I was. And I was like, it's not him. It's not him. I swear they like us down there. Well, remember when Marcus shooed him away when he was trying to put stuff in our bin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, also, the cafe... They got shitloads of eggs that's down what, there. That's exactly what Marcus wouldn't shut the fuck up about. So, he's saying their access to eggs. Yeah. So, then, well, I've still been, mate, instruments of pain is what I've been referring to eggs as. Mate, instruments of, I've been having a couple of instruments of pain down there and they've still got them, mate. They've so still what, got plenty of eggs. So, the Asian guy's out. Do we have any other suspects? Were you parking obnoxiously or something? No, not really. Um, one, but- it doesn't make any sense, mate. We're such pillars of this community. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. None of the other doors were egged. We asked next door. Hmm. We thought it could have been something to do with you and your behaviour, um, but we ruled that out. I Good. mean, I, I can't even think of anything. Exactly. It was a random attack, and they happened to get the two cars in the one house. Oh, man. Now I'm in on this. <laughs> yeah, well, you can talk to fucking markets about it. <laughs> okay, Jesus. Get out the whiteboard. Uh, we don't even know the neighbours. We don't know anyone. We're though. cool with the neighbours on this side. Yeah. Do you think it's the nerds to the left? Well, we thought for a second- Because I've been talking mad shit about them in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, well, so have I. Openly, dude. Big time. Yeah. Um, they know I don't respect them. Yeah, well, we asked them and they were like, oh, no, and like showed heaps of concern and we were like- one, I don't think they egged us. And two, I don't think they've heard us talking shit. Because so, um, if they had heard, it wouldn't just be the one egg. Oh, no. Dude, no. I've been talking a, a dozen's worth. I don't yeah. like them. Something off in that house, dude. Well, they're gamers, man. They're all playing foosball, giggling. Yeah, Playing yeah. fucking foosball on a weeknight. What is this, Big Brother? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, okay, so- we, we, We've had to put it on the back burner for mental health sake. <laughs> Because <laughs> we're suspicious enough blokes Yeah, dude, I'm freaked out a little bit I'll be keeping an eye out Yeah, there's there's been a lot of shifty stuff happening in this neighbourhood lately Yeah, right, okay You take your wins, you take your losses That was a loss, obviously Big time The other morning when I was walking to my car There was a guy that I don't know 
in the midst of some sort of meth bender, some Maori dude. And as I was walking towards my car, it's just me and him. He just goes, oh, pretty boy, pretty boy. So, that's my win for the week. Dude, some of the freaking vessels around here, they, they're they keen to fuck. Yeah. Remember, remember <laughs> that bloke who said to me, he was like, oh, you want to suck my dick, don't you? <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Did, I told you this. Oh, no. <laughs> I spoke about it on the solo pod. Like, literally my first day walking to work in Surrey Hills. Mm. I'm living the La Vida Loca. I've made it south of the bridge. And this um one of the absolute legends from the houseos in track pants just fucking pecking around town. <laughs> he was like, Oh brother, you wanna suck my dick, don't you? <laughs> and, and and I said, No. And he goes, What are you, some kind of puff? <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, I don't know. I just kept walking. Mm. But but yeah, there's a few there's a few lively fellas out there. They're yeah, into mate. it. And if you're lucky, they'll call you pretty. Dude, it's crazy how literally like this side of the tram tracks is just expensive <laughs> terraces and maybe 11 metres away is just wild house oh fellas. Yeah. It's just not, going nuts. It's a nice little mix. I think it's good mm. because without the house you end up with Paddington. Gross. It's too nice down there, dude. Gross. The, the rent is like 500 bucks a week. Everyone's like looking nice all the time. I know. No one's whipping around in Ugg boots in Paddington. No, no one's wearing their slippers around. Yeah. Plus, mate, as well, you know, probably a bit of hazing from the Houso lads. Give it six months. I reckon we all that suck my dick energy might turn into a few high fives. <laughs> yeah. Well, the corner store around the corner, the first few times I went there, first two times I went there, I was like, fuck, it's an expensive corner store. Jesus Christ. And now he knows my face. So we're at local prices, which is just normal prices. What do you mean? There's what do you mean he's changing the price? Well, like an iced coffee used to be five fifty or something when I first went there, and now it's four fifty. Really? Yeah, because it's like he just he treats the yuppies to the expensive prices, and then he's heard rumors on the street of this new local legend. I'm getting legit prices now. Nice. And then you'll ask for a vape, and he's got this jacket over the back of his seat, and everyone's so open with it now. They have like the menus out and everything, but he'll like look towards the door. And then go into his jacket and just pull out three vapes and be like, mm-hmm. and you'll be like, all right, one of them. Yeah, that's all good. Dude, surely nothing says I am not a yuppie like a vape and a dare ice coffee. Yeah. Come on, brother. Come on, dude. But, uh, mate, couple of things. Oh, mate, what about this? On the weekend, had my cousin's wedding. First ever gay wedding that I've mm, attended. Fuck, I haven't attended any. Really? Pretty homophobic of me. That, you may as well have voted no, dude. Fuck. That's cool. It's, mate, it was honestly, I don't even want to say this because I went to my other cousin's wedding. They were both fantastic. In fact, all my cousin's weddings have been phenomenal, but this one was just f- phenomenal. Incredible. Dude, it just goes to show like, it was just like, does anything need to be formal anymore? What is the point of formality? Because this wedding, the celebrant was like, it was like Effie, the comedian, was the celebrant. Yeah, yeah. And she was just killing, mm. killing. And she did, Um, and they came down the aisle like with bubble guns and shit. What about this? Photos before the ceremony. So smart. So then they're all done. We're straight into things after, mm. the, after the ceremony. Um, and like their vows were hilarious. The celebrant did like a, a whole story about their life, but it was basically like a 20-minute stand-up routine about how they met and stuff. Oh, nice. Dude, it was unreal, dude. Good tucker? Unbelievable tucker, yeah. I I got the chicken 
Um, but I felt like the steak and I swapped my plate when Danny went to go to the bathroom. <laughs> that is one man that from a mile away, you're like, I can fuck this kind of... <laughs> well, poor Danny. Poor Danny, yeah. And literally, I, I go to the rest of the table, I go, I think Danny feels like chicken. And I was expecting you to laugh and everyone's like, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but dude it was so fun um i'll say this uh the speeches were so funny at this wedding that it just makes you think like what even is stand-up comedy well the vibes at a wedding are so good dude honestly that I, people get even funnier and everything gets big laughs dude we had poems we had jokes we had stories it this wedding was better than any stand-up gig i've ever performed at well i think a little thing called ChatGBT is going to up the wedding speeches in the modern world, hey? Oh, no. Nah. I went to a 21st where two of the lads wrote their speeches on ChatGPT and Snapchat AI. Mm. And it was pretty bizarre. I don't think it's there yet. Oh, really? Dude, one of the lads wrote his speech on one of these things. I don't know how they work. But it was like, it was like not that chill. It was like, I look around the room. I see my friends, my family, my mates. It is so good to have you all here with me. Like, it was, like, not banterous at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but all, the blokes there, they were, like, they were loving just, you know, like, we're, like, word people. Mm. It'd be like if uh, it was my 21st and everyone's like, all right, Bill, you've got to do algebra in front of everyone. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people who aren't good with words don't want to write speeches and talk mm. about them. Like, I'm not good with numbers. I wouldn't want to do numbers in front of other people. Yeah. Fucking embarrassing, dude. <laughs> yes, I do numbers in front of people... 7 till 3.30. It's humiliating sometimes. Oh, God, dude. God fucking damn it. It's out 40 mils. Fuck my life. <laughs> dude, saw some beautiful stone down south, actually. Oh, there is some beautiful stone down south, The actually. wedding was at the Southern Highlands. Dude, you're a stonemason. I saw this stone wall where it was just... It was so long, but it was just all stones, like nothing connecting it. What stops that from blowing over? Dry packed. Um, well, they have like through stones through it, like long stones that are, they're like built around. So there's no mortar and it's just, they're all wedged in there together and they're all leaning on each other. So just the weight of it. Yeah. And they dig down and build the wall from beneath the ground. Oh. So it's not like on a foundation like normal. They start the wall a third, like a third of that wall is underground. Interesting. Um. It's fucking shit. <laughs> tough sledding, mate? Yeah, it's tough sledding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, big big day in the country today. <laughs> yeah, you got up at 5 a.m. Dude, uh, I thought I was jet lagged for my trip because I was waking up at 6.30. <laughs> I literally was like, fuck, I'm all out of whack. <laughs> it's not eight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, we've been all over the map. But- mate, good to watch alone with you the other night, mate. I oh. came back into a cozy front. No clubbing, no strippers, just alone with Billy D. Oh, mate, I love that show. I'm going to go watch the other series. Dude, the American one's sick. Oh, it's good? There's one that's like there's a million dollar prize. Really? And the main guy builds a house out of stone. You're kidding. It's fucking sick. He, Dude, he shanks like... Some sort of crazy buffalo shit. It's like, a, I forgot what it's called. I'd never heard of it before. He like shoots it with an arrow, then runs up to it. He's got a GoPro on in his head and then just COD 6 shanks it and then runs off as it freaks out. Really? Bro, he has too much meat. What? And then like wolves come after his meat that he's got in like freezer box, like like stone boxes that have like 
snow in them. And then he like comes for, he, he like arcs up at the wolves and shit. Bro. Okay. Has anyone died on the filming of this show? Because- I don't think so. Because here's the thing, like um, uh, Gina, who won Alone Australia, yeah. she was walking along and walked past a tiger snake and she was thinking about killing it for the meat. Fucking hell. But it's like, let's she- say that tiger snake clips her up. How do they know she's been bitten by a tiger snake? Yeah, because it's not lo- It's like they're not like watching it live, I don't think. It's all just catalogued footage. They must, the waiver they sign must be crazy. Yeah. The waiver must just be like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, and because I, there's no way they could fall off a. Cl- there's so many ways they could die. Mm. I guess these people are just kind of, <coughs> mate, adventure people. Dude, it's kind of. Uh, uh, do you mind if I ruin it for you? Yeah, yeah. What well, do? Is it poor to ruin it for the listener? If you haven't seen Alone Australia, well, it's not really about the plot as much. Well, I already knew who won before I, already, I started watching. I already watching, knew who won as well, and I enjoyed the fuck out of it, mate. Those two. The last couple of episodes are the perfect reflection of men's faults over women because they're like all kind of starving, but instead of like chill with their energy, the woman just puts five lines in every day and just waits until darkness and just kind of whittle like chills about and then the other two are like i've got to make a plan i've got to make that plan come to fruition all right i'd be crazy now if i didn't do the plan that i thought of and yeah. you're like, dude slow down slow down the problem down. the problem is the blokes can't have an idea without implementing it yeah exactly They're like I, I wonder if i could make a kayak and then take the kayak across the river and fish over there with a fishing rod i'll also make myself and it's like, I bet I could do it. And instead of going, I bet I could do it, what would the implications of that be? They go, I could fucking do it. <laughs> oh, you better believe I could fucking do it. The implications could be that I could waste a lot of energy and not get any fish. He's like, all right, well, I've gotten to this clearly better fishing spot. And I'm like, what about this is clearly better? It looks exactly the same. Dude, one guy on like day 30 is like, I'm going to change camps to 2Ks away. <laughs> Does three trips, lugs everything over. He's like... He's like, as soon as he gets there, he's like, I'm tapping out. I'm out of here. <laughs> Dude, as soon as I saw him going through dense bushland with an enormous suitcase full of cameras, I'm like, mate, this guy is done, bro. Yeah, because it's, it's like a, it's a survival situation, but you also have to carry these cameras everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Dude, it's fucking unreal. I love it. I I'm absolutely love it. It's bro, so fun. So good. Just imagining either of us on there, I reckon I'd fucking just absolutely kill it. Okay, dude, honestly, I didn't know about, like, you could just go for 30 days without food. Like, the guy who changed camp, mm. he all he ate was, um like, a few little plants. He did not catch a single fish. <laughs> he did not get a bit of protein for 30 days. In my mind, you don't eat for fucking two days. You're dead. Yeah, You yeah. just blow up. These, well- this guy's 30 days in without food, and he's like, yeah, I, I really... He's like, I need to eat something. With mm. the urgency, I would say, if I, like, miss morning tea. Mm. I'm like, oh, I, I need to eat something. I would get so emotional if I didn't eat for that long, I think. Which is why they all end up staring down the camera, crying about their loved ones. Yeah. Mate, as soon as you see a bloke on those shows looking at a photo of their kids, it's over. Well, dude, you are tapping out. The guy who came second, he didn't pull out the photo of his loved ones until like day 40. Because <laughs> he goes, I've been saving this. That's cold. That is cold, bro. Because he goes, I didn't want it to fuck me up, you know? Dude. And all of them talking about their, like, 
life's missions and different like ups and downs in their family. And I'm like, fuck, I don't know if I'd reflect this much. Like, I think I'd just be on day three. I'd just be like, all right, Sydney city. There's this wog magician that owns a magic club. And he is the funniest man alive. This must be captured. Dude, I don't even know what would come out of my mouth after like three days without food. Mate, you calling, you just doing 24-hour get around me and calling them. And they're like, are you tapping out? And he's like, I need some celebrity news. Some UFC. What is Sophie Monk up to? I'm running dry over here. Has Michael Clark been spotted in Double Bay? <laughs> I've eaten nine fishes, but I need some news. Dude, yeah, I'm hungry for topics. <laughs> Dude, honestly, like, I would love to do that, like, running wild with Bear Grylls. You know how- Oh, yeah. Like, I would love to do a wilderness show, but, like, maybe just you got to guarantee I'm coming out the other side. Mm. I would love it. Because, like, it's so- it, I don't- Like, I just didn't even- has the sh- I didn't even understand the concept of the show at all. I'm thinking, like- <laughs> I'm thinking, like, mate, you got to get some. You if you don't catch a fish in the first six hours, go fuck yourself, dude. <laughs> Cunts are twenty eight days in. They're like, I think I should maybe eat something. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? You? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were losing your mind, dude. Every time you came into the lounge room, I would just be like, he hasn't eaten. He hasn't eaten a thing. I don't know how they're doing it. Once then she looked over me and go, this is dead set a fishing competition, mate. Yeah, <laughs> which is episode, true. Episode seven, I'm like, this is just a fishing comp now. Yeah, because in Australia, there's not much to date. Dude, I watched the reunion episode where they, it's so embarrassing because like, you've got like the guy who went 65 days sitting next to the guy who tapped out on day two. <laughs> the dude with the bad knee, he slipped over and was clearly already in a mood. Dude, the guy who literally was like, couldn't find any food for three days, then falls over and is like, oh no, my knee. Oh, I have to leave now. Gosh, darn. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, bro, he's like, of course, like, it's like the, the Aussie, like ha- half Aussie, half lab guy. He's like, bro, if I, if it wasn't for my knee, brother, like <laughs> I was feeling dangerous out there. <laughs> yeah. like, talk, 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 talk. There's yeah. a veterinarian that's not about to eat for another 20 days. Yeah. Sorry, what does it say under your name there, brother? It says day three. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's so funny, um, like, to to cut out on day three because you couldn't eat anything and just being like, well, that's the breaks. I couldn't find any food. And then just go home and watch the show. <laughs> yeah. And there's a guy on day 30 who hasn't eaten anything. Yeah. And you're and like, it, oh. Oh, you're like, oh, so I guess I'm a bitch. <laughs> also, that guy was so much fatter than the other guy. Yeah. He could have carried it through. Well, mate, there was a couple of people, like, one chick who dropped out on day two. When she made a fire, she was like jumping around being like, I did mm. it. I did it. And it's like, if that's the energy you're bringing just to making the fire, mm. you're fucked. And like, she made it to day two. Dude, the guy that just would not stop inventing things. Well, that he he comes second. Yeah. yeah. He's but a he, beast. But he comes second just out of like pure grit. Well, we- And, that, and they pulled him out medically. Yeah. We, like, he didn't quit. Oh, really? And, and, and they were like, dude, it's so boss when- um. They're like, we have to pull you out. And he's like, is there anything I can say to change your mind? And they're like, no. And they're like, your, your, your blood pressure is dangerously low. And he's like, he's still so like cerebral. He's like, well, if that's that, that's really disappointing. 
Fuck. And it's like, dude, like, how do you handle stress like this? Dude, me and you could not wrap our head, head around that guy. And then he was like, I spent eight years in the army. And we're like, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. That's this fucking guy that would not stop building things. Yeah. Despite having not eaten for two weeks. He just loves it. I can't drive home without buying chips sometimes. I know. It's crazy. What the fuck? It's literally insane. Anyway, mate, we got to get to this. Yeah, we got to go to the show. Also, I'm not even sure if this thing is going to come out any good. Oh, true, I forgot about the that. The technical difficulties, um, mate. Plug your Sydney show. Oh yeah, if you listen to this podcast, come out to the show. Seventh, ninth, and tenth. Good hour. Very funny bits. It's looking good. Buy some tickets so it's not all my fucking mum's friends or some shit. September seven, nine, ten in Sydney. Check out Rowan Arneal's Instagram bio, and we will see you there especially Saturday night, absolute session and a half. All right, catch you later.